Hello, everybody, again, and thank you for joining us. It's episode two of the On and Two podcast. Uh, I said at the end of last episode that we were going to try to do these fairly regularly. We had a little bit of a glitch in the system, I guess, and uh, we had to wait a little bit on this one, but I think this one is well worth the wait. Uh, before we get to our guest today, I'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, if you have not registered for one of the state championships here in Idaho, registration is open. So make sure you head over to idahoga.org, get yourself set up with a Golf Genius account, and then you can get into any of our state championships that are currently on the schedule. I know that spots are filling up pretty fast for say the state am and the women's state am, so make sure that you get in and we'll see you over at Elkhorn if that's the one that you're getting into in the middle of July. Um, I know that we're really excited to bring you guys some state championships and, and get back into the swing of things here. Uh, no pun intended on a golf podcast, I suppose. But um, really, really fired up to get you guys back out there and to see everybody and to just play a little bit of golf in Idaho. Um, if we can get the weather to cooperate and not be 90 one day and 50 the next, we'll be in really good shape. So hopefully that comes around and, and we'll see you guys here in the next few weeks. Episode two of the On and Two podcast is a great one. Uh, a really cool listen. I was floored walking out of this interview. I did not know that there was this much going on on that side of the state. Um, and I did not know that he had done as much as he had. He's, he's only a few years older than I am. We played a little bit of junior golf together. His name is Zach Abels. He is the head professional down at Canyon Springs. He's also the founder and COO, CEO, CTO, C whatever. Uh, he pretty much does everything down there with the Magic Valley Junior Golf Foundation as well. Really cool listen. He played on a few Hogan Cups. He was a state champion. He's pretty much done it all. And now he's bringing the game full circle back around to the younger generations. And that it's really cool to get his perspective on things and, and see where he's at. So without any further ado, let's get to Zach. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Zach, if you don't mind, uh, could you just run me through, you know, what, how you got into the game of golf, uh, what kept you into the game, uh, you know, just take us through your journey in, in the game of golf, I guess. Yeah. So I started playing when I was pretty little, uh, probably about seven, uh, couldn't make contact. You know, it was, it was something that, that I kind of got thrown into You know, my mom worked a lot. Um, golf was almost kind of like a babysitter for me. Um, as I started to play more, got a little bit more into it. And, uh, you know, as, as my stepdad entered, entered the picture into my life, he was, he was a good player and has, has always played and was passionate about it and provided a lot of opportunities. And, you know, yeah, throughout my whole golfing career and, and what's now become, you know, a job, you know, I've, I've had incredible support. I've always had people along the way that, that were, you know, supportive of me playing, you know, now supportive of me working. So it, it's, it's been a pretty incredible journey, really. Played on the Idaho Junior Golf Tour. Then it was the IJGA, if I yeah. if I got that right. What what was the junior career like uh, in the Magic Valley, and and obviously a little bit of success in the game of golf if you wanted to stay in it. Yeah, no, uh, you know I was fortunate enough to win a lot of junior events. Played on a couple Hogan Cup teams. Uh, actually, my my first year that I played, we we finished second. So. That was a pretty cool experience. Uh, won a state championship uh, after Troy Merritt left. You know, it was a little bit easier to be successful. So, um, 
that was good, but obviously one of my, one of my best friends and, and, you know, helps me every day with everything that we've got going on. So, you know, when you're, when you're young and you're growing up and you're playing the courses in the Magic Valley and throughout the state, you, you have no idea what's going to come of it. You know, I, I, if you would have told me that, uh, that I was going to be a professional golfer when I was seven years old, it probably would have had about the, uh, similar effect is telling me that I had to wear a mask to get into Costco, but, uh, kind of the world that we live in and, and, and we adapt to some stuff. And now I get to, uh, pretty much live my dream every day. Well, did you go to the, after junior golf, did you go to the next level? Did you play in college or did you play anywhere at that, at that yeah. next bump? Yeah. So my, my senior year of high school, I won the state championship my junior year in, in IGA and in, uh, state high school for three a, and then I actually got pretty sick with mono my senior year. And, you know, didn't, didn't play a lot of high school events, only played about three or four events. Uh, actually my, my doctor found out that I played because he read the results in the paper and called and, and read me and my mom, the riot act. But, uh, (laughs) you know, high, uh, college golf was, was kind of questionable. I mean, I had good offers and, and, but I I didn't know how healthy I was going to be. And so I wound up in Billings, Montana and it was a good fit. Um, I had some, some mild success in college. I mean, I made an all conference and, uh, and did some things, but then again, I was kind of at a crossroads. I got done with college and, and really had no idea what I was, what I was going to do. And I was working at Blue Lakes uh, country club back home. And, uh, my boss at the time, uh, Matt Stoddard sent me down to the desert to, uh, to work in Scottsdale and, uh, and told me I was turning pro. And I, uh, I went and I took my PAT and passed. And then when I, uh, when I got home, I was, I was a pro at Blue Lakes and, uh, I had a Nike staff deal waiting for me and, uh, I actually won my first two pro-ams and, uh, and won the assistance, the, the Rocky Mountain assistance that year. And, and, uh, then I guess I was, I was kind of stuck. I, I had no choice at that point. So that was, that was the start of it. Pretty good go to start it out, huh? You get a staff deal right when you get back yeah. and you win your first two starts. Maybe too good. You know, maybe I should, uh, I should have slowed down. Well, uh, probably to make a, a, a long story shorter, you end up at Canyon Springs as the head job. Uh, yeah. how did that come to be? I mean, uh, was that something that you really pushed for or was that something that they kind of sought you out? Uh, you know, it was, it was, I hadn't gotten my class A yet. I mean, I was working towards that. So, I mean, I wasn't a member of the, of the PGA yet. I probably could have gone a few different directions. Um, Canyon Springs is, is my home. It will always be my home. And um, the opportunity through Brandon Audi, who's our general manager and who is an extremely close personal friend and a mentor to me, uh, presented itself that I kind of, was able to create a job that didn't exist. And uh, when I first started, I was basically on retainer to uh, coach and teach our, our owner's friends. And that was kind of how it started was that I would, I would teach them and that we would start a junior program. We always had that understanding and that was something that I was gonna build towards and, and was passionate for. I think this is the start of my 10th season. Brandon and I were actually talking about it the other day. It's either nine or 10. It, it feels like it started about yesterday, but, uh, you know, that, that was always going to be the plan um, was that we were going to build a junior program and that, 
you know, we'd, we'd kind of see what it would become. And, and now nine or 10 years down the road, it's, it's a little bit more expansive and a little bit more grandioso than, than we expected. Well, that leads me right to my next question. How did, <laughs> how did the junior program come to be? I mean, was that your vision or was that something that was like a, a think tank deal? I mean, what, what was the driving force behind getting that junior program going? Oh, I needed a job, you know, and, and I wanted to do something that I was that I was passionate about and that made sense. You know, I, I'd been at some other facilities and I'd worked behind the counter and, and that didn't really work for me. I never really felt like I was, you know, really cut out for that. And that, you know, I, I, I was always enamored with teaching and I always thought that it was interesting. I've always been a, a tech junkie. I've always been into, you know, shafts and, and all the different configurations and and all that. And, uh, it just, it kind of made sense. And, you know, I'll always go back to, to my mom and my stepdad as being my two, you know, biggest supporters and along for the whole ride. And they always just supported me and wanted me to do something that made sense. And I think we kind of had an agreement that, you know, we would do the juniors. Um, you know, I, I would need help doing it. My mom did a phenomenal job running the, uh, the Idaho junior golf association in our district. And so, you know, it was something that we had been, you know, had in our family and, and, you know, we, we kind of knew the ins and outs of, of, of what it took to provide for juniors. And, and that's really kind of what got us off and running. When you, uh, I'm trying to think of, of how to phrase this properly. Um, <laughs> When you got started in the junior yeah. program, was it something that immediately kind of lit the fire for you or did you kind of grow into it? I mean, I know that you grew up in junior golf and your mom had an, in, uh, an involvement in it, but I mean, was it like that very first day? Was it just like, this is what I need to be doing? It, yeah. I mean, I was, I was scared. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I grew up playing golf. Uh, you know, I'd been involved in the junior program and then to, you know, at the time I was, you know, call it 24 or five to start something like that. You know, it, it's um, when I first started, I thought that every single kid that played needed to become, you know, a high level high school player, a collegiate player, professional or, you know, all this and that. And we started with, I want to say about 40 or 50 kids. And that was my mentality is, is that, you know, we got to make all these kids, you know, great, fantastic players. Well, that's not what golf is. You know, I mean, golf is, is a social lifelong sport. So now as I sit here and I'm 34 and I reflect back onto my mentality, then I couldn't be any more different than I am now. You know, I, I mean, it, it's so much more important that the kids have fun and that, you know, they're doing it in a safe environment and learning, but, you know, a lot of our kids aren't going to play tournament golf and that, that's okay. You know, I mean, most golfers don't play tournament golf and, and that's the beauty of the sport is that, you know, you can still do it. You can still be competitive. You can still have some, some side games with your buddies and, and, and rib them a little bit. And, you know, I mean, now with the expansion of, I've got some friends that are playing in couples events every single week, you know, every weekend and you're going, man, there's, there's something for everyone out there in this game. Yeah, absolutely. What, what spurned the change there? I, I, you said that you've grown a lot in the last 10 years. Where, where did that shift in mindset happen or, or can you even pinpoint it? 
Um, as the program started to grow, you know, and I, I want to say, like I said, 40 to 50 kids really sticks out in my head. And we thought that that was a big deal. You know, we had, we, we just had one league. Um, you know, now we have programs that run from March through the end of really October and then an indoor facility that, you know, we don't, we don't have winter programs, but the ability to practice year round. I mean, as we expanded and as some opportunities came about, you know, I just think that it's it's being realistic and understanding like, hey, most of these kids aren't going to play college golf and and that's OK. But we're we're growing the game. And part of my job as a as a PGA professional is you got to grow the game and leave it in a better place than where you found it. And so I think that that's something that really I strive for, you know, daily, weekly, monthly. It's what can I do to make the game of golf more enjoyable? What can I do to make it better? And what can I do to expose it to, to more people? What does that process look like when, when a kid starts the program? What does the process look like? I mean, soup to nuts. How do you <laughs> identify that maybe they are a potential college player or maybe they're not a tournament player? I mean, how do you guys go about it? And, and what's their journey look like through the program? Yeah, so... You know, again, having started this a while ago, I mean, we've had, you know, our first wave of kids that started when they were, you know, call it four, five, and six. They're now in high school. And to be a part of a kid's life for 10 years is a little <laughs> kind of crazy to wrap your mind around that concept. <laughs> um, I I sat down with, with my mom the last couple of weeks and we actually created a flow chart of exactly your question the kids four years old and they come to us where do they start in our program and they start in our non-competitive league it's our heart and soul it's uh you know the their four to ten year old kids that are you know have different levels of ability and experience they're out on the course they're playing from shortened distances um there's more smiles there's more high fives there's more laughing there's there's more of all this positive energy in, in the span of 90 minutes than you can imagine. And, you know, then that's led us to creating, you know, we, we then created transition leagues, which are just that. You transition from the non-competitive league into a transition league. You're still out on the course, but a little bit more instruction. Then we created the players league, which, you know, is basically a twilight league. You know, these 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 girls and boys see their, their dads and moms playing in twilight league and now they have their own twilight league. And then just this year we started the elite junior Academy. So, you know, it's every year we go back and find something, you know, a, a little niche that we were missing or maybe a demographic that we were missing. And, you know, like I said, as it becomes a little bit more social and, and we're trying to make sure the kids have fun, we've also found that, you know, we need to do something to, help move along the competitive kids and, and, you know, really come full circle as to where I went from all these kids are going to be collegiate players to the majority aren't, but now providing more for the ones that are. So it's, it's every, every month, every year, it's just always evolving. That's incredible. So you said that you started out 40, 50, what's that number now? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the time that we're done with everything, um, We've, we've done a much better job of tracking it, but we'll be right in the neighborhood of 400 by the time that it's Holy done. Cow. Yeah. So, I mean, and there'll be some kids that are in multiple programs or whatnot, but you know, by the time we get done with our junior club championship, which is something that, you know, is relatively new, I think we're going into our third or fourth year, but 
it's it's a lot, you know, and as we expand our relationship with the IGA and, and getting the opportunity to be the America's Cup captain and, uh, you know, hosting the uh, the Junior World Qualifier, it's it's awesome getting to see, you know, even more kids now that are that are not even from this area and getting to spend some time with those high-level elite kids. And, you know, we went to Canada last year. We were scheduled to go to Nevada this year. And uh, obviously everything's kind of changed. But, uh, you know, looking at the uh, – I spend an inordinate amount of time looking at dropping results from today, uh, trying to figure out who's going to be going to Wyoming next year. So, I, I mean, again, something that – you know, I would never think I'd spend a lot of time looking at scorecards from a from a junior event up in Boise, but that that's my life now. That's incredible. And I mean, I guess if you didn't already have a lack of time during the day with four different junior leagues going on, along with being the head pro, uh, you're also the founder of the Magic Valley Junior Golf Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that, how it came to be and and how it ties into everything that you're working on already. Yeah. Uh, hard for me to talk about the foundation without getting emotional. Um, it, it was something that there was a glaring need in our area, you know, called in the Magic Valley in Twin Falls. You know, when you think of Idaho, you think of Boise. I mean, let's, let's be honest. That's, that's Idaho is, <laughs> you know, Boise is the lifeblood of Idaho. Um, there was, there's just a need for it. We needed to do a better job of providing scholarships. We needed to do a better job of being able to provide things for our own junior programs. Um, th there was just a big need of, need for it. So we decided that we would, we would start a foundation and it's an inordinate amount of paperwork. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully my stepdad's a, an attorney and he's a better than average one. Um, so we, we could expedite that process. We, the foundation was formed in January. Uh, we decided that we were going to host a tournament in May. Um, Troy Merritt comes back in the picture and, and agrees to, to play in the event and to, you know, kind of help us get the thing going. And so from the time frame of kind of middle of January to the end of May, we get a tournament put together. We've got a PGA tour player coming and playing with his family and we had incredible success. And uh, we gave out $12,500 in scholarships that first year. Uh, we're five years in and we're at $105,000 in scholarships. We've got a 1300 square foot indoor practice facility. Um, we've got TrackMan indoor simulator. We've got a fleet of push carts for the kids. Um, we've got a grocery store full of snacks and uh, and a lot of hand sanitizer right now. So <laughs> that's uh, it, it's it, again, it's something that I would have never dreamt of, and and the fact that it came together so quickly and the support that we got, especially from the Seagraves Foundation, which is another foundation in this area, has been so incredible. The things that, that Troy has done for me and my family, um, the things that this community has done for me and my family, it, it's an impossible situation to not feel, I don't feel like I'm giving back. I, I feel like I'm doing what's right. You know, I mean, my job is, is to wake up and to make golf better and to make the community better. And I've been put into a situation where that's possible. And, 
you know, every day there's, there's different opportunities that pop up and it's, it's awesome. It sounds incredible. Your <laughs> facilities alone sound uh, like over the top good. Um, yep. Yep. I mean, our juniors just like, I, I would imagine it's got to be standing room only. Yeah. You know, it, in a lot of ways it is. Um, you know, I, I look at my calendar and, and there's, there's times where you want to sleep in a little bit, but you know, you know that you can kind of get that on the back end. Um, yeah, I mean, the kids definitely take good advantage of it. You know, th this past winter, we were a little bit delayed in getting in TrackMan Simulator and, and putting on our expansion project, but it's been incredible. And we, we've had good success with having a lot of kids that have developed into collegiate players. And, you know, when they come home for winter break, they've got a place that they can practice and they're not really missing out on it. And you know, that in turn then provides an opportunity for some of our younger kids to be around some collegiate players and, and some kids that have had good success and, you know, and, and won at a high level and been successful. And, you know, I, I feel golf has given me so many unbelievable opportunities, rather if it was playing or, you know, being able to travel or, you know, meeting some of the people that I've met, um, it, it's it's such a small world, but you know if you really take advantage of, of some of the opportunities that are presented to you, I mean there, there's some there's some places that I have no business going to that I'm I'm relatively welcome at, and it's it's really really fun. What I mean, you guys have grown exponentially in the last mm -hmm. five ten years. Mm -hmm. Where do you see the next steps being not only for your junior program, but for the junior golf foundation as well? I mean, what, where else can you take it? What else can you do? You know, I mean, it was, a lot of it was about growing, you know, so that again, I mean, it, it is a job and I mean, there is some financial things behind it. And I mean, providing for, for myself and my dog and, uh, <laughs> and it's so, I wouldn't say that it's so much about, you know, growing anymore, but, you know, obviously maintaining and then evolving so that we're, we're meeting the needs, you know, and, and a lot of that stuff's done for us with, you know, the creation of PGA junior league, you know, that's a program that we can relatively easily integrate into our junior program. And, you know, we're up to, we've got 31 kids this year. Um, again, the schedule is a little bit different with, uh, with everything that's going on around us, but, you know, that, that was a program that we started, uh, this is our third season. We went from 12 to 21 to 31. And so, you know, we're, we're able to expand and evolve and, and maintain the kids that we have. And, and then it helps, you know, I mean, really, I, I did a seven hour us kids, uh, video seminar the other day. Um, you know, and that's something that we can, you know, use some of the us kids training in our programs. It's, it's just about always trying to stay, ahead of the curve and, and really providing everything that we can for, for the kids. Well, I, uh, I hate to put you on the spot here, but it seems like, uh, maybe you don't sleep very much. <laughs> when do you find time to kind of take care of yourself or, or is it just a hundred percent full go with the juniors? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously junior golf's a big part of my life. Uh, as I age, I find myself going to bed a little bit earlier. <laughs> um, and waking up a little bit earlier, but you know, I mean, it's like you said, it is a balance. I do have an incredible support system. Um, 
you know, I mean, and then there's there's the other lesson, the adults that I teach. There's the, you know, the the marketing that we do for the course. There's the merchandising. I mean, it, it's it's to say it's a job is unfair because I, I don't view what I do as a job. Um, I get paid to do it. So I guess that, you know, technically comes under that, that, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, you, you have a schedule, you know, I, I'm more organized now than I was 10 years ago. You know, I, I know that I have to give this amount of time to, you know, that program, that amount of time to that program. It does sound like a lot and it is, but organization helps a ton, you know, and, and obviously I don't play and practice as much as, as I used to, or that as I could, and I should, I mean, I sacrificed that a little bit, but again, when I have a bigger event coming up, I can still make time to, to practice and to play and to do those things that are important to me. You know, I can still go and travel and, and compete and do those things. You know, our program schedule is pretty well set. We play events on Mondays, no junior events on Mondays, you know, you go and you play. So you find time, you know, it's, it's anybody who's successful at anything that they do is, is passionate about it. They spend a lot of time with it, but they also know how to take care of themselves. And, and, you know, if you can't make yourself happy, you're not going to make anybody else happy. So. Right. Well, I know that uh, when you and I are similar in age, uh, when yeah. we were growing up, a lot of kids played golf because of a certain Eldrick Woods. Yeah. Um, and now the second wave is coming. Um, mm -hmm. And you're probably not too far away from having a second generation now come through your junior program. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, For sure. what would, uh, how do I phrase this? Um, what would that mean to you to have another generation come through, but also, uh, as golf seems to be gaining in popularity again, uh, for maybe the second time in a 10, 15 year cycle, and somebody was trying to get something like this off of the ground, what would the playbook look like? Don't run before you crawl, you know, everything has a has a start everything has a middle everything has an end i i see a lot of junior programs you know that that get started and i think that they have really really big aspirations and you you have to start somewhere you know so for us it was starting with with the non-competitive league and, and we still have the non-competitive league then we'll never not have the non-competitive league understand what what it is you know like i we talked about earlier i mean I, I view our junior programs completely different differently now than i did when we started them you know i mean i thought that we were creating all these high level players when in, in actuality we were just creating golfers you know and and it's incredible what we've seen is that you know a, a kid gets to kid gets started playing golf and and then mom and dad come along you know or, or grandma and grandpa come along and and it's created business for our facility and you know they're loyal they canyon springs is is their home away from home um i grew up playing at canyon springs so so it'll always be my home i mean that you know it's it, it's it's a lot of work but it's it's know what you're trying to do and be very realistic with it you know you having a hundred kids right off the bat isn't feasible. You know, you have, you have to have the infrastructure there. You know, we have a huge mentor program of kids that have come through our program. They've, they've dealt with me, you know, yelling and screaming at them and they're, they're used to my voice and, and they know what it's like and, and they're phenomenal helpers. And we could never do what we do without, 
you know, that big group of, of high school and, and collegiate kids that we have now. And not all of them are golfers. You know, they, they played golf. They've enjoyed it. Uh, I shouldn't say that they're not golfers. They're all golfers, they're, but they're not competitive golfers. You know, they, they love the game of golf. They love being at the golf course. And we love having them. That's awesome. That's so cool. What's it, what's it like for you um, now when you have kids come back either in the mentorship program or like if they go off to college and they come back and they, they're in town and they just swing by? I mean, how cool is it to see that you had uh, a part in help shaping where they're at today? Yeah. I mean, I, I really try not to think about it like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I want them all to have an opportunity and, you know, they've, they run with the opportunities in all different directions. And, uh, you know, I know the first couple of kids that, that I really helped that, you know, one Braden Looper's part of our family, um, you know, having an impact on, on his life has been one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, and that's just something that came about because of the game of golf, you know, because I played in a lot of programs with his grandpa and it just, it's always felt like the right thing to do. I mean, when I was growing up and my mom raised me to always be a giving helpful person. So I guess that's just kind of how I'm wired. And I, I always feel like if I'm not doing something with the intention of making the game better or giving back that I'm not doing it for the right reason. Well, Zach, I mean, I, what, what you're doing sounds incredible. Um, it sounds nothing short of uh, just awesome for the kids down there in the magic Valley. Um, you come your reputation precedes you in a very good way. Um, <laughs> when, when I started this or when we decided to start this, you were one of the very first names that came up because it was like, if there's a, if there's a guy you need to talk to about running a junior program, it's Zach down in twin falls. And, yeah. uh, I, I think it's phenomenal what you've done. I mean, I had no idea. This has been a learning experience for me too. Um, so super cool to hear what you're working on. Um, I mean, I think we're all in this for the same reason. We love the game of golf. And, uh, you know, to be able to introduce kids to the game and, and help make the game bigger is just so cool. It's so fun to see people get hooked on it and to have fun playing the game. So I think what you're doing is uh, nothing short of sainthood for sure. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that would definitely not use sainthood. To just <laughs> me and that's, that's just fine. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's – there's been so many people that have helped me along this journey and there, there'll be a lot more, but um, to be able to do this, to be able to jump on a podcast and talk about golf is uh, I'm extremely fortunate. Um, I'll never take it for granted. Uh, I look forward to every opportunity. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's, it's been great. I mean, something that I really wouldn't have ever thought possible. Well, I don't think that it's uh, possible that nobody down in Twin Falls has not heard of you in the program, but if they haven't uh, and they're listening right now, where can they find you? Where can they find out more info about getting into the program or just to learn more in general? Yeah, so we're at Canyon Springs Golf Course, uh, canyonspringsgolf.com. They've been fortunate enough to let me uh, steal some of their web space for <laughs> juniors. Um, yeah, and I mean – even if you just want to come down and talk, I mean, if you, if you've got a kid that you think is interested, I mean, 
we're we're pretty good about letting a, a small bucket slip out the side door and you know we've always got a couple sets of rental clubs up at the up at the clubhouse uh for a kid to come try it and yeah i mean like i said when i was when i was seven years old i thought i'd be a baseball player i mean it was baseball 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 and now we're 27 years down the road i probably couldn't hit the uh uh, maybe I could. I might. I might have to get back out and take a couple <laughs> hacks in the batting cage. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's golf's the, the greatest sport in the world. Um, it's that plain and simple. You know, you you don't see a lot of other athletes. You don't see a lot of other entertainers. You don't see a lot of them playing other sports. But I mean, they all gravitate towards golf. I mean, even even if you're Charles Barkley and you can't make contact, you're still out there swinging at it, hacking it around. So. Well, Zach, I appreciate the time so much. Thanks so much for joining us. And, and uh, we'll check back in and, and see how many more hundreds of kids you guys have <laughs> added to the junior program in a year or so. Yeah. Yep. No, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Episode two of the On and Two podcast uh, in the books. We mentioned at the end of the last episode that we are going to try to get onto iTunes and Stitcher. We are on iTunes, so if you're still finding us on IdahoGA.org, that's totally fine. If you want it delivered to your phone, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Just search Idaho Golf Association in the iTunes store. You'll find it there. Still working on the other mediums. Um, it's not that easy to get this stuff going. So if anybody knows how to do this better than I do, <laughs> please let me know. I would love the help. But in the meantime, if you have any other suggestions for guests or anybody you want to hear from, or even if you yourself want to be on the Idaho Golf Association On and Two podcast, let us know. We are at Idaho GA on the big three, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, send us a DM, send us a tweet, whatever. Uh, let us know who you think you want to hear from. Uh, a lot of great feedback from the first episode with Maddie Shields. If you missed it, you can still go back and listen to that one as well. Maddie was awesome. We've got episode three coming up here very shortly, uh, probably within the next week or so. Karen Darrington, she is one of the most decorated Idaho golfers of all time. She had a crazy story to tell you at the very beginning of the podcast, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, really cool, really fun, and we are looking forward to getting these out now on a little more of a regular basis, I promise. So hang in there with us and we'll see you in a few weeks here if you're playing in any state championships. And I know that the junior tour is getting ready to get fired up too. So excited to see all the little kids out there playing golf and, and just having fun this summer. So hang tight. We'll be with you here in a few with episode three. It is the On and Two podcast, an Idaho Golf Association production. Hang in there. We'll see you soon.